From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you along with our producer and co-host Elaine Harlan. Appreciate you being here on Lighthouse Live among the between 250 to 300 people, uh, 350 people a day yes, that uh, download and listen to the program in our archived area. And of course, we welcome those of you who listen to the live feed as well on mm. uh, on Monday nights. Uh, thank you for being part of the Lighthouse Live family. And in a few moments, we're going to be introducing uh, a new friend a to you. Brand new friend. And uh, it's funny yes. how God uh, God brings people into your life, it you is, know. And it? and this happened to be through a problem that I had with a shoe. And uh, but we'll we'll go through that yeah. in a moment and see how God That's made that, uh, made have, that connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we start today, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real life Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. The case of Yusuf Nadarhani exemplifies the critical nature of the Prisoner Alert program from the Voice of the Martyrs. Yusuf, a 34-year-old pastor from Rasht, Iran, was arrested in 2009 after protesting a government policy requiring children, including his own two sons, to study the Koran. In 2010, Yusuf was sentenced to death. Despite an international outcry, including more than 100,000 prisoner alerts, Pastor Yusuf remains in jail today, awaiting the sentence. Please pray for Yusuf and his family. For the latest from Iran, go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, we uh, we welcome you. And uh, a happy uh, 24-hour belated Mother's Day <laughs> to uh, all of you who are mothers out there. And and, um, you know, we're, my, I'm separated from about 350 miles, uh, mm-hmm. from my mom. We had the opportunity this weekend to, uh, to go down and be with her. And that's cool. always, uh, that's always yes. a fun thing and, and, uh, be with my sister as well. So we value those, um, uh, those opportunities. Yes, we don't do. we? While our, our parents are, are there Absolutely. to, uh, love them and, and thank God for them. Hey, just a reminder, friends, if you'd like to find out about more opportunities to serve in our area, you can check out our website at www vibrantcommunities.org that's vibrantcommunities.org or you can call us on the phone and talk to Elaine because they don't <laughs> allow me to answer the phone here that is not quite it, well i telling you i pick up the phone pastor mike here 
I want to talk to Elaine. You know, nobody <laughs> wants to talk to me. So anyway, you can talk to Elaine, yeah, though. It's the entertaining a- when the, you call and talk uh, to uh, Pastor yeah, Mike. The, the ABC Angel of Mercy <laughs> will be on the phone, and she can fix you up with opportunities to serve. And that number is 209-544-9571, 209-544-9571. And we have a couple more opportunities to serve. We right? do. The Volunteer Center of the United Way encourages you to get involved with the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life. And Pastor Mike knows this well because his children get involved with this mm-hmm. each and every year. This is a life-changing event that brings together more than 3.5 million people to celebrate the lives of those who have battled cancer, to remember loved ones who lost uh, their fight to the disease, and to fight back against a disease that takes too much. Now, this 24-hour relay event will be celebrated uh, from May 19th and 20th in Los Banos, Mariposa, Modesto, Patterson, Ripon, and Tracy. Then June 29th and 30th in Escalon, June 9th and 10th in Waterford, and then July 28th and 29th in Riverbank. A participant and walkers may sign up and donate, and uh, you can do that at a website, and we'll give you more information on that here in just a moment. But volunteers at ages 16 and older are needed on the first day in each relay uh, to register walkers and teams and just help with all sorts of things throughout the event. And it's just a great, great way to get involved and connect with people and make those much-needed relationships and just bond with people in a very, very special way. Also, the United Way of Stanislaus County is having Having a spring bullathon. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a hey, fan. That's, hey, that's down my alley right, right there. Ar, ar, ar. Ar. <laughs> this is a family fun event, and it will roll into Modesto uh, this coming Saturday at the McHenry Bowl with two sessions, uh, 12.30 and at 2.30. And uh, you can participate in this uh, afternoon of bowling refreshments and a chance to win some great prizes. You can uh, get involved. No bowling skills are required, and that's right down my alley because <laughs> I think I won the you know the whole team's most improved bowler, and we won't tell you how much that we want to go to the scores there. But anyway, uh, in fact, the lowest scoring team, which is right down my alley once again, they still win a prize, so everybody can get involved and participate. Volunteers ages 14 years and older are needed to uh, register teams, deliver pizza to the teams, and clean up and all sorts of things. So you want to get involved. The United Way of Stanislaus County advances the common good by focusing on efforts to create opportunities that improve the quality of life at all levels uh, of our community. And Francine and Barbara, and if you know, if we named uh, everybody over there, Mike would be here for all night long. Yeah. So you just really want to uh, get involved with that. It's just a, a fun time for everybody. And then Sierra Vista Child and Family Services, uh, where you can use your bilingual skills to benefit families struggling with mental health issues. Uh, volunteers ages 18 years and up are needed to translate current brochures and materials from English to Spanish and reach a broader population. I so encourage you to do this. Volunteers may work at the agency's office uh, virtually. Interested uh, volunteers should have strong English and Spanish writing skills. Good attention to detail always helps and the ability to meet deadlines very important and computer skills help also. Sierra Vista and Child uh, Family Services have been helping abused, neglected and emotionally disturbed Mm. children and families in crises in California Central Valley since 1972 doing a wonderful job and we partner with these people. We hear from them almost on a daily basis uh, for people with needs and they just provide a wide range of uh, mental health 
health services, including foster care, uh, residential treatment, just a whole lot of other things. So uh, lots of domestic violence issues and all sorts of things. So you might want to uh, get involved with this. And if any of these items uh, appeal to you and you want to volunteer with these things, get a hold of our good friend, Barbara Borba. She can be reached at 209-524-1307. Again, that's 209-524-1307, extension 113. That will put you through to Barbara. Or if you can always email her because she loves that, bborba at uwaystand.org. That's bborba, stands for Barbara Borba, at uwaystand.org. And you know, this time of year with all the beautiful weather we've been having, a little breezy and those allergies kick up, but uh, time of the year where you're mowing down your titanium weeds, if you're Pastor Mike. And- I'll tell you, they are especially <laughs> titanium-ish this year. And if you're killing gophers or possums or critters of various sorts. Anyway, we have uh, seniors who need help with yard work and maybe they have need some critter control too. You want to give us a call because uh, they they do need some help with those and you might want to just extend a, a loving hand to some of these seniors who can no longer take care of some of these items. So get a hold of us at 209-544-9571. Again, that's 209-544-9571 and we'll connect you to people who could use your talents and abilities and and uh, your compassion to help out with those things. You know, a lot of need for that uh, this time of year. Uh, yes. A lot of especially uh, shut-ins, elderly people you whose bet. families have kind of abandoned them. Uh, a lot of yard work calls come in uh, this time of year. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as as we encourage you, you know, it's a wonderful thing to go out on, on special events once or twice a year with, with others and, and serve. But, you know, people have needs 365 days a year. That's right. And uh, so they need our presence and uh, the presence of the Lord through you throughout the year. And so, again, we uh, encourage you to look for those opportunities on a regular basis. Well, you know, our guest tonight is smack dab in the middle of ministry, marketplace ministry, as sometimes we refer Amen. to it, and it has a story worth listening to. Now, Mike, you mentioned that you had a shoe problem, and in this case, that shoe problem turned out to be well, a very good thing. A- absolutely. You know how how God brings us uh, you know, together in, in very unique ways, and I've, I've lived kind of in no man's land between Riverbank and Oakdale. I mean, you can't even get pizza delivered out there. You really? Know, like, Are you serious? Oh, That's and, sad. You know, it was long, UPS for a long time said we can't deliver anything because you're not on our computer. Bummer. You know, so that now yeah, took a while. But anyway, but ironically, the gophers and the possums find us. You know, they have, they have no problem. Maybe they should be delivering the pizza. There you and go. We get, there you go. I know, Drop pizza. on a anyway, pizza so, sign on their backs. Well, yeah. So for many years, you know, and we had a shoe repair problem, and, mm-hmm. and and especially, I mean, I wear my shoes till they literally fall off my feet. I think we're you know? related there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I they just I I don't throw them. We just keep them going, you know. And uh, but I had a a need to polish my shoes again, and and my old brushes got really yucky and and they wouldn't you know i mean it was just a, a bad a capital scene. y <laughs> yeah bad bad scene and and so my wife says well you know there's a little shoe repair place there in oakdale you know harvey's oh. shoe repair and and she's i'm going to run by there and see if harvey has an idea of what brush would be right for your shoe and and so my wife and you know, my wife is, is shopper extraordinary. Yes, she is. You know, when I'll God passed out that. the shopping uh-huh. jeans and the deal jeans, you know, people see me coming into a store, let's charge him double. 
<laughs> they see my wife come into the truck. Oh, let's give Bless her, her heart. 75% yes. discount. It's an amazing thing. I just is. learned I don't go in to get deals because people just automatically hike up the price. You on just me, got that look about I, you. Know? Shady and Lori character. is so people Innocent person. And, you yeah, are peaceful. so I'm not whatever anyway. I am. <laughs> so I sent my wife out in, in search of this and, and she comes back. And she's very excited. She's, you've got to hear this guy's story. Oh, and I said, what, what are you talking about? You're looking for a shoe brush. No, no, no. I went in there and I met this guy named Harvey Milgoza. And, and Harvey's got a story. You've got to hear his story. And so I, I did. I, I went and, and uh, I did get the... Uh, the brushes, you know, and, so <laughs> and cool. very good ones, I might say. Awesome. And, uh, but, uh, and, and to hear his story and, and to frame this, I want to take us back to that, that scene in the future in Matthew mm-hmm. 25 where Jesus is separating the, uh, the sheep and the goats. And, uh, he says, and the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And, of course, the righteous say, Lord, when did we see you and hungry and or thirsty, et cetera, et cetera? And, uh, and he says, truly, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Mm, and, uh, right. you know, I was just thinking of that, Harvey, as, as we listened to, uh, to your story. Many men and w- women are forgotten behind prison walls. Yes. And, and yet, Jesus makes a point that, that he's inhabiting. He's inhabiting that situation. He is there. Absolutely. And, uh, his heart breaks for those in prison. And, and, uh, you have had, an incredible experience, and through that, God is now using you in a powerful way that may not be able to use many of the others of us, but he is using you in a powerful way in the marketplace to reach people for Christ. Let's kind of frame this, Harvey, in terms of your story and and, and tell us where this all began for you, this relationship with Christ. Well, it started at uh, Folsom State Prison. Uh, I was in there for a while, and... Uh, uh, a few friends of mine had asked me to go to church and I figured, well, I got plenty of time, you know, <laughs> it's not like I could go anywhere else to the movies or anything, but, uh, I said, yeah, I'll go. And I went and it was kind of remarkable because the gentleman that was running the service was actually a four time murderer and the Lord forgave him mm. and he was a blessed man, very blessed man. Mm. And there's a, while I was sitting there in the service, the, in prison, they have these, these, your paperwork, it's called a jacket. Mm-hmm. And I, as he was talking and talking, I was like thinking that he was talking about me. And I was, I was like, does he have my jacket up there? Is, how does he know me? Mm. Why is he talking mm. about me? Mm. And then uh, I kept looking up on the up there where the paperwork, and I said, "No, that's the Bible." <laughs> and then I come to find out that everything he was talking about was out of the Bible, but I thought it was about me, and it was in a sense. But it just got to me, and and after we left the the church, 
my friends that invited me, they told me, something happened to you in there. Uh, and I go, yes, yeah, something happened. And they told me, yeah, the Holy Spirit came over and took over your life. Mm-hmm. And I says, something. Mm-hmm. And, and sure enough, it was amazing because even after walking out that door, you know, being in prison, sometimes uh, you think of lustful things, you think of bad things, you use bad language because it seems like the thing to do in there, you know, to kind of have an image. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it no more. Couldn't say a bad word. Couldn't look at the, there's some beautiful lady officers and I couldn't look at them that way no more. And it was just a blessing. And after that, everything was a blessing mm-hmm. because even the, the, uh, they consider you a, a certain person. Like if you, I, I was from Northern California. I'm from San Jose originally, and they considered me a Northerner. And they even when I got there, they asked me, "Well, what do you claim?" I says, "Well, I don't claim none of that because I don't play that game. That's for you know you guys." But uh, I was able to after that day. I was able to talk to Northerners, Southerners. Uh, mm. Bloods, Cribs, you know, even the Aryan brothers, and there was no color. Mm. There was, wow. it's like the Lord put a shield on me that, that there was nothing that they could do to me. And people don't like that, but nobody said nothing after that. It was just a total blessing. And the worst part about it, they don't even like you to talk to the officers in there. And I was able to talk to everybody. There was no problem. You know, I could, it didn't matter, you know, and it was something that's really, you know, frowned upon in there you don't they don't like it but it was okay you know and just everything happened so great and and we were uh, being a hispanic you know they we were all raised catholic and and it just changed my life and then even my wife i when i was talking to her which i I love her so much she's a blessing to me that she stuck there with me and and just held through there with me all this time, you know, and, and I was telling her what was going on with me. And, and then after that, I started reading the Bible and I would share some, uh, uh, Bible verses with her. And she even told me, you know, so, you know, I'm Catholic. So when you get out, I, you know, don't try to change me. I said, it's not up to me, mm-hmm. you know, and then I guess she's seen the change in me. And now we all go to church. It changed her life. Uh, my son's, you know, I thank God for them too, yes. because they didn't judge me, you know, mm-hmm. for what I did and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just, it was a total blessing. My shop, I, my wife, uh, she worked for a bank and, and she was telling me that the big wigs were coming and normally when the big wigs come, you know, somebody loses their job. So she, <laughs> and she was okay, but you know, just in case she asked me, will you pray for me? And I said, sure, honey, no problem. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was getting ready to open the shop, and I was like, you know, should I? And I already had three of them. Uh, but I asked God, I said, you know, I prayed for my wife, and then I asked God, well, is this what you want me to do? Do you want me to open this shop? And then he told me, look at your address. And I said, okay, it's 316. And I go, <gasps> oh, okay, I yeah. get it. And sure oh, enough, my. it just, that was my answer. And the shop has been a blessing. I've had it for 13 years now. I, wow. I can't believe it. It's It's been a total blessing. You know, I mean, it, it was, when I took it over, they had closed it. And my other two, sh- I had two shops in San Jose, one in Malpitas. 
they all cost me over $25,000 to open. Mm. And the blessing of the Lord, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's no, right. don't, um, it's okay. It was, uh, I opened this one with $2,500. $2,500. Bless yeah. your heart, wow. Harvey. And it was just a blessing. It was, yes. it was his plan. Yes. And, uh, it's been 13 years now. God and every year it just gets better and better, mm. you know? And, uh, now you had been in the shoe repair business before. Oh yeah. How, how many, yeah. how many years of experience do you have? Uh, 41 years now. Wow. wow. Years. You don't even look 41. How <laughs> old were you? How old were you when you, going back to talking about the, when you were in, uh, when you were in prison and you were talking about this experience, uh, and the Holy Spirit, how old were you at that point, Harvey? I was roughly in my late twenties. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But I'd already been in the business and, uh, uh I started when I was 14, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, I was about in my 20s. And like I said, it's just been a total blessing. Uh, he was I, protecting you at that I point. Most definitely. You know, talk about the gang uh, affiliation. That he, he was protecting you inside. And not just that, he saved my life. Yes, mm-hmm. Because I, I'm not afraid to admit I was a, a very bad alcoholic, mm-hmm. very bad drug uh, mm-hmm. drug addict. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a dealer, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, at the rate I was going, uh, I would have probably been dead by now. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I was angry, but then when I realized what he was doing for me, he saved my life. Mm-hmm. And not just my life, but my family's, you know, because I feel like we got stronger, you know, and and then we got stronger in him, you know, and it was just a change you know all of us my wife sometimes i have to remind her how blessed she is because things just flow to her you know Mm. blessings just flow left and right and and uh it's fantastic you know i mean the lord's just has changed our lives so much you know um i I don't drink no more you know Mm. drugs are gone don't have the thoughts of it you know i it's just Honestly, if I would have kept doing what I was doing, I, I used to have to, just to wake up, I used to have to have three shots of brandy just to yes, wake up. Yes, mm-hmm. And then I would drink all day long and mm-hmm. I, I would have never made it. I used to go to do business in San Jose and then come back, but drinking all the way up there, all the way back. And it just, if I would have kept that up, you know, I, there was times that I woke up and I just looked outside and if my car was in the driveway, I know I made it home and everything was okay, but, but it was a blessing. I even, speaking about the shoes and stuff, I was, I always joke with my pastor. I always tell him that we're both in the same business. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, well, we both saved souls. Save souls. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, His are better, but it's just, mine will uh, work, you know. You're a true miracle, you know. And uh, the, we know when the sun sets you free, you are free oh, indeed. Yes. You just, uh, you can see you are just radiant. Uh, Your life is just uh, full there, of vibrance. There was know? also something that happened to me that, that same day after leaving that church. I don't know how it happened. I know it's him, but there was a little cartoon clipping that just happened to end out on my door and on the clipping it was like a a surrounding of a prison and brick walls and and the the razor wire around it and if i remember correctly they on the caption it said your body might be in prison 
but your soul is free. Mm. Mm. And man, that got me. Mm. That got me so much because it's true. I might have been behind these walls. I might have been, you know, people telling me what to do and everything, but I was free, you know. They couldn't take God away from me. They couldn't take nothing away from me. How long were you locked up, Harvey? I was actually 12 days shy of four years. Wow. Mm. And uh, it was just when I seen that, it it just, it was, I didn't feel like I was locked up no more. You, you were saying that as you were listening to uh, this man who was uh, presenting that morning, that you thought he had, your jacket in front of him. Yes, he was real. What, what were some of the things that he was talking about that just impacted you so heavily that, uh, that day? It's basically about, about what we do in life, the choices we take, you know, we do, uh, um, kind of translating the Bible into today. And I asked him afterwards too that, that, you know, I wanted to know some of the verses and, that he was mm-hmm. reading from and and I guess when God touches you and and chooses you you know he he lets you read these words and interpret them to where you understand it it might mean something different to somebody else but uh, it it just spoke to me mm-hmm. very personal and, way, and yeah. everything he was yeah. saying was just me you know uh, uh just like what you were reading right now you know about the being in prison and him coming and and I mean, I knew he was there. I knew he was taking care of my family. I I would sit there sometimes in my cell, and whoever was with me, sometimes they would get letters from their wives or girlfriends, and they would say, well, you know, I just got bad news. My my son is in, in jail now. And, you know, you start thinking, you know, man, I hope that doesn't happen to my kids, you know. But, no, they were very mm-hmm. blessed. I had a great mother-in-law and father-in-law that, that you know, help my wife and, and they're just a total blessing. And, and my boys too, to this day, they're, they're fantastic. They, they go to church. They, they, uh, my son's been working for Sony for many, many years oh, now. That's doing very, very well. Uh, my other son lives in San Diego. He loved cooking. So he's a head chef. Actually, he worked mm. for, uh, Gene Autry's restaurant at one. Seriously, wow, wow! So you go to his house and eat as often as you can. Well, you know that's the thing. (laughs) He was just here this weekend, and and most of the time when he comes, you know, I'm expecting some of this good fancy cooking, and yeah, but he wants mom's cooking. (laughs) Oh well, so I always miss out, you know. So it comes to him naturally. Did she have a good Mother's Day? Oh, it was wonderful because it was a surprise. She didn't know he was coming from San Diego, so. She just showed up on Saturday with his other brother, and and she was just very surprised and, and blessed. You know, it was a very good weekend. How did you meet your wife? Tell us how that came. We out. actually met in a dance. And it did. You know, we were. I think she was thirteen. I was fourteen. <laughs> we're actually going to be celebrating thirty-five years in July. Congratulations! And oh. We dated for four years. I still ask her. How can you stand me? I can't stand me, but <laughs> no, she must have a good sense of humor, you know? Well, that's important, isn't it? Oh, yes. 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 And I love her to death. She's, uh, she's my rock. You know? well, and it sounds like, Harvey, that you had a pretty solid family support while you were incarcerated. Yes, right? yes. I, I mean, you find out who your friends are. You find out who is true blue there, you know, mm. and... and, and my wife would bring my mom. I have siblings, but my wife's the only one that would bring my mom to visit me. Uh, 
my wife would come, my kids would come, I'd write to them, they'd write back. It's very important to get letters, you know, it feels good, you know, some people don't get letters, don't get visits, but That's right. But they were there for me as much as they could, you know. It it turned out that, you know, it just when I went in I took care of everything, the house payments, the insurance, everything, but then my wife had to become strong real quick and, and she's been fantastic, you know. Sometimes I know to this day she got better than me at all that stuff and mm. and she's really good at finances and everything. We got a beautiful home mm. the Lord blessed us with and Amen. and we got nice vehicles, nice cars, you know, nice everything. So we're fine. We we still have our struggles like everybody else, right. you know, the Lord right. sometimes I feel he puts me through some mean old tests but I I appreciate him, you know. I remember somebody telling me one time that, that uh, uh, to be grateful in all circumstances, mm-hmm. he says, mm-hmm. and whether good or bad. And I believe that when he, what he means to me is, is that if there's a bad situation that something happens, that we learn from that. Yes. And that it just makes us better and we don't do that mistake again or we solve that problem and, and maybe with that knowledge we could help somebody else, you know, and... And I really feel that I live by that. I don't. I've never been good at verses and and where they're at. But the, it was similar to what you were saying earlier, where uh, I've been well fed and I've been hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been poor or and yes, riches. Yes. Uh, and then it says, uh, "I know that anything's possible through Him who gives me strength." Mm-hmm. And I live by that because mm-hmm. I've been all of that. Yes. You know, yes. I've had money and I was broke, you know, uh, I've been through all them situations and, and just through his blessings, you know, I've been okay. And, and don't you find Harvey that when we're, you know, battling those struggles, whether it be the alcohol, drugs and being on the inside instead of the outside, not that we misery enjoys company, but, but that other people that we're not doing this alone and there are ministries inside prison and that you have company, that you have other people on the inside, that other men are faithful and that they believe in God and that you have someone that you can pray with, oh, someone yeah. that you can study the Bible with and someone that you can get through this, Absolutely. this obstacle, this battle and these, these, uh, and they, these that's what I really like about that because yes. they do have the, the Bible studies in mm-hmm. there and believe it or not, some guys will, no matter who they are, Northerners, Southerners, doesn't matter. When it comes to God, you could all get together and pray and, and, and help each other and, and do Bible studies and, Amen. and, work with whatever you have to work with, you know, and they help you. And what better people do help you than the people that's been through it, you know? Absolutely. And over and over. Yes. You know? We have, uh, we have another, there's another gentleman. Actually, he's, uh, it's another, uh, prison ministry. We're going to take a, a little break here and we'll, we'll be back with lots more, uh, of your story. And this, this, uh, uh, ministry is, is actually, um, shared with us tonight in a musical form. Uh, Brother Glenn Kearney. This song is called Grace in a Prison Place, and it's here on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back with more right after this. I was so young, I was barely 17. There I was in a state of misery. I was alone. In a prison cell And my soul 
was bound for hell. Yes, my soul was bound for hell. As I sit bound in a prison so cold, I often wonder, was there hope? For my soul But in that moment Of gloom and despair Somehow I knew That somebody cared And that somebody Who I didn't know then Shed his blood For all my sins His name is Jesus in a prison place. I was saved by God's amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch. Like me, I once was lost, oh, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, but now I see. Yes, I'm so glad Now I can see What Jesus' death Did just for me He broke the chains Of guilt and shame And my life Has never been the same Cause I am free Yes, I've been made whole And this one thing that I I now know Jesus loves me This I know For the Bible Tells me so Little ones To him belong You may be weak But he is still strong His name is Jesus, and I'm a prison place. I was saved by God's amazing grace. 
Grace in a Prison Place. That's Glenn Kearney on Lighthouse Live. And a story somewhat like yours, yes, Harvey Glenn Kearney, and uh, just a, a good brother. You know, as we're listening to the words there, <clears throat> he's talking about <clears throat> the words amazing grace. And <clears throat> let me ask you from your personal experience, uh, Harvey, as, as you sat there for almost five years, what form does hope take? To the man or woman who's incarcerated, who who doesn't know Christ yet, what are you looking for? What does hope look like? What does it feel like to someone who's doing the same thing every day, and it's going to be a long time before they get to do something different? What what are you looking? What are you longing for? You know, I don't think they have much hope. Mm. You know, they a lot of people that have been there maybe a while, maybe been there a few times. Uh, they feel like that's their life. There's no hope, you know, until maybe the Lord picks them and chooses them to be there in his family, you know. Uh, I wish there was more and, you know, and then sometimes people go to church just to do something, you know, and don't always get it. But, uh, I always pray that they do, you know, mm. um, uh, the, the ministry of my shop, you know, I, I know that the Lord always puts us together. Mm, just, yeah. That's how I met your wife. Right. And it's funny because there's no sign on my shirt that I'm a Christian, you know, but he always knows who, who we should talk to and, and share. Cause I don't just tell everybody, but I know when it's time. Yeah. You know, uh, there's some young guys in there that I always wondered about, you know, I talked to them and I said, well, you know, you're young. What are you doing in here? You got involved in gangs and, and I would ask them, you know, you guys got these, you say your body your neighborhood that you, you claim, I says that, uh, and you protect. I go, well, if you really cared about it, why don't you go and help the old folks paint their house or something, yes. you know, <laughs> instead of marking them up, you mm-hmm. know, um, and then they would always, I'd ask them, well, why did you get into them? You know, and they said, well, because they're my family and this mm. and that. But it always, the same story. When you ask them, uh, where's your family? Have they send you any money for your books? Have they come to visit you? Oh, no, no. Mm. Well, then they're not family, you know. But the people in the church are always there to give you a helping hand or something, you know, just always there for you, you know. Um, it, it, I used to ask them, uh, like, if they were going to be a fight or something and they said well one of our guys got beat up i go well how do you know he didn't start it and then now you're going to add six months to your time just because the other guys told you you don't need to do that and i really believe from the bottom of my heart that even these young kids out here on the street right now they feel like they have to join a gang you don't have to it's a choice i mean if that was true every school would be Everybody would be in a gang, but it's a choice. Right. You don't have to. And I really believe that, that they just got to make the right choices. I know it's very hard because a lot of single moms, single parents, you know, they don't get a lot of discipline. And, and then depending on the father, too, or if they've gotten involved, if they're around the wrong people, you know, I, I, I feel bad for them, you know. I wish there was something they could do, and that's why I like some of these church ministries that really help them out, like Victory Outreach. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of, we do a lot of donations in my shop, 
every year, uh, I, my tips that I get, I, I use for, to help people. Mm. Uh, you were saying about the senior citizens, uh, uh, last year, I think it was, or the year before, there was a, a I kept hearing that in the news where, where older people were dying because they didn't have no air conditioning because it was so hot all the right. time. Mm. And I, I can't do everybody, but with the money I collect, I, I bought two air conditioners for the windows for two senior citizen families mm. and it's something and on Thanksgiving we give $500 worth of food for Thanksgiving on Christmas we give $500 worth of uh, toys for Christmas uh, during the year if I could help somebody if they need some clothes or whatever we have a, the Oakdale mm. leader named a, a, a ministry that I have where my customers will bring me, you know, fairly decent shoes if they need heels or something, uh, oh. uh, clothes and stuff. We'll fix them up and then we'll donate them to the women's battered shelter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like Victor Art recently so has right a men's on. and women's. Right. Uh, but I always make sure that they go to where places where they're going to get it for free. Yes. Yes. Oh, you know? yes. Absolutely. That they're not going to yes. charge for it. I, I feel I, I don't like the Salvation Army or, or Goodwill. I know they do good, but I, I believe in these other ministries a little bit better, you know. And we try to help. I've helped people that uh, need shoes. We'll buy them shoes. I've helped people who need to buy school clothes for their children, and I know they don't have the money. And we'll help whatever we can offer my tips. And even when we do the Thanksgiving thing or the Christmas thing, if my tips don't equal the Five hundred dollars. I'll put that money myself because I know he'll give it to me back. So you're doing exactly what Jesus it, you know. would do. Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to this, Elaine, you know, <laughs> Ephesians two ten is is just we we see this proven time and time again. For we are God's handiwork. Many translations mm-hmm. say we are His masterpiece, mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm-hmm. And Harvey, you, your life really brings Ephesians 2.10 to life. Mm-hmm. God in advance had work for you to do. Now, you didn't know that. No. You didn't know that in your no. <laughs> in your mid to late 20s, you know, but but being in, in prison and, and your encounter with God there... He is now using you in a very powerful way. And Elaine, it was something we often like to, to reiterate is there are some of us who are ministers by vocation. And that just means we do it by vocation. We are all ministers. Yes. If you name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're an ambassador for Christ. You, you know, it's the priesthood of all believers. And, and Harvey, you are a minister in your marketplace. In the marketplace God yes. has you there at that corner. In, in that. 316. Yeah, 316. In that shoe repair place to be a minister. Yeah, you're repairing shoes and yeah, you're dealing with physical souls, souls. but you're dealing with spiritual (laughs) souls as, as well. And I'm wondering what kind of opportunities has God given you, uh, over the past 13 years or so? People just coming into your shop. How, how has God allowed you to, uh, to minister to them and, uh, maybe they don't make a decision right away, but you're, you're planting seeds constantly. Uh, how, how has God allowed you to do that just with the people that come through your door looking for a shoe repair? And it's funny, but sometimes in my shop, I feel like the barber, you know, they always have somebody that, or something to talk about. Sure. And I might do a little bit more talking than I should. Yeah, good for you. But there's always a reason in that, that yes. I feel that he, he does that for me. And, and sometimes we're just talking and, and somebody will mention something that happens. Then I know 
this is the time the Lord wants me to tell him about my, my situation. And, and, and it's been multiple times. And like I said, I don't just advertise it and say, you want to know about this? Right. You know, ask me. But I know that when the time is right, he's going to give it to me. And, and, and I pray to God that it's the right words, you know, and, and we try to help when we have friends that go through motions and, and we try to help them with Bible verses, uh, uh, we have some friends that, other than my mom, uh, that are losing their mom right now. I have a friend that mm-hmm. that uh, their mom is on uh, hospice right yes. now, yes. and uh, uh, we just keep sending her verses in the Bible and keep praying for her and strength for the family and and uh, um, also to my mom. I'm losing my mom right now, but mm. but you know we're dealing with it, and, and I know she knows the Lord, so I'm not too worried about it. And uh, we, we're trying to stay strong, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just, people that we've seen, you know, uh, we had some friends that were going through some problems and and it had to do with alcohol and drugs. And, mm-hmm. and praise the Lord, we, with, not me, because I'm just a vessel, but, but you know, we shared my story and, and, and it helped, you know. And, and what happens after that, well, it's up to him, not me, but, you know, we plant the seed and, and you know if it helps it does you know i but i hope it does you know i really do being the marketplace minister that you are harvey i'm wondering if when the young people come in and do you ever see and have the opportunity to minister to people who are now out of the system and maybe looking for employment do you give them that opportunity and what would you say to other marketplace ministers who have that opportunity to hire someone who is looking for job opportunities who might be have been locked up and now need that chance to work well i always believe that everybody deserves a second chance i got one you know i i i had a problem wondering if i would ever be able to do this again and I think the Lord gave me that shop for a reason. And, and yeah, when young people come in and, and I realize what they're doing. I mean, after 41 years, you, you could read people in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. and I could tell if they're going the wrong way, especially seeing it firsthand, you know, um, I'll share with them, you know, I really will, uh, anything I could do to help and, and, and if I could hire, I, I've been wanting to, to find an apprentice, you know. Unfortunately, these young kids these days want the sit-down computer push-button job, you know. <laughs> nobody, huh? Yeah, nobody wants to get their hands dirty, but, you know, we do good. I mean, the gentleman that taught me told me one thing that really got me when I was 14. He says, Harvey, I don't care how far ahead you look. People are going to be wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. So you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be forever. It's like... Food, clothes, you know, yeah. you gotta have it. So some people that don't have the opportunity to go to college or to go to classes for computers and stuff, why not? You know, trust me, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do what I do. You know, I love what I do with the passion. I love what yes. I do. But it, but it does take the master's hand. Yeah. Not everybody can do this. Yeah. I mean, a little you, artwork, but yeah, you, I mean, you are incredibly, uh, skilled and, and obviously, uh, had, had been learning, uh, your craft a long time ago. Uh, and I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, I'm still learning. I learned a lot in prison from some of the guys in there that, that it was, that was another blessing. I'm sorry, but, uh, sure. uh, when I got to San Quentin was the reception. I was there for about a month and a half. And then they shipped me to Folsom. 
And when I got to Folsom, in order for your halftime to begin, uh, you have to have a job. So I was asking around, you know, what kind of job could I get and, and what's the job wait? It was eight months. Mm. Then I found out that they had a shoe repair there. So I send the, the instructor a letter saying, well, at that time I had, you know, 20 something years in the business and in two weeks I had a work card. Is that right? So yeah. I didn't have to wait that eight months, you know, so it was a blessing right off the bat. The class was 27 people and being the, the instructor knew that I had all these years experience, I ran the class. Is that right? Really? And Amazing. I learned some stuff from these guys. I mean, I don't know if it's because you have all this time in the world, you know, <laughs> to mess with things. And But I did learn a lot from them, you know. Uh, and you, you keep learning. You yes. Know, you keep learning. It never it, stop. It mm. never does. And and I, I won a lot of awards, you know, and, and I do a lot of, like I said, the donations. And all of that's helped me a lot, you know. Uh, um, I really wanted to do some if I, churches have asked me to go speak and I have gone mm, it's kind of nice. hard for me because I'm not too good at speaking in big you know audience you know but I've done a couple and awesome and I, I'm more better one-on-one mm-hmm. you know or sure. you know maybe a few people you know do you return to the prisons Harvey I, you and, know what they visit there and they yeah. asked me to go back when I I was telling you earlier that I they put me in a magazine from the prison and I went back and I was so happy that I was able to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Not close those doors. Yeah. And right. I asked, it was, they wanted me to, you know, speak to the guys in the shoe repair to let them know that there was a, uh, that it's a good business and, and, and it's worth looking at. And, and I talked to them about my business and, you know, that I was there with them where, where they were at. And I told them that, uh, uh you know, have faith, you know, and I also asked the instructor, I says, if you don't mind, I would like to ask the gentleman if they would like to pray after the mm-hmm. the meeting, the class, and, and he says, uh, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, if any of you guys want to stay, you know, you're more than welcome. They all stayed. Is that right, really? Oh, that's wow. wonderful. And I, I pray to God that it touched even one person. But mm-hmm. That's right. And, but it was beautiful, you know. Beautiful. You know, God never wastes the yucky stuff in our lives, does He? No. He always uses that. I mean, it's painful to go through at the time, but He always uses that in an incredible way down the line to help others, doesn't He? And I really believe that people need to talk about it because some mm. people are embarrassed. Mm. You know, I'm not going to tell everybody in my shop, but I feel like He tells me when. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and but I do believe that you need to let it out, let it. People know, especially when it's going to help someone. Yeah, I don't care what people think. I just got to please me and him. You know, and and whatever they do with it, it's up to them. You know, I really don't. Well, Harvey, I want to give you a plug here because if if you're in the Stanislaus County area, uh, I encourage you to drop by and meet Harvey. I mean, you'll just you'll you'll be blessed by meeting this man. And, uh, he's at 316, it's West F, right? East F. It's East F, I'm sorry, 316 East uh-huh. F Street, uh, in Oakdale. And, uh, can we give your phone number? Is yes. that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 209-848-0803. Correct? Or that's 209 
848-0803. That's Harvey Milagosa. Just an incredible, incredible brother in Christ with an incredible story. But you know, our, our God is great. And he does yep. great things, and uh, he's working through you in a, in a powerful way. Got a question for you sure. um, for for families of of someone who is incarcerated right now. What would you like to tell them? What 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 encouragement would you like to provide them in order to better support their loved one who may be behind prison walls right now? Just to remind them that they have family, you know, and to be there for them because. Believe it or not, that, that family is very important. You see the people that don't have family, like some of the, the people from Mexico or something that don't get visits and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of envy the people that do. And, and it, but if you do have family, you know, support their people and, and try to help and keep encouraging them to, to, when you come out, let's do it right this time, you know, for your children, for your mother, for your brother, for your, dad for your wife whoever it is you know there's there's no reason to go back there some people say that they're they're programmed into prison that i can't do it outside mm, yes. but you know that's totally wrong because you, you, it's the same thing as being out here you you wake up in the morning you have breakfast everybody works in prison mm-hmm. you could be blind crippled doesn't matter you you work so you get up in the morning, you have breakfast, either they give you lunch there or whatever, and then you go to work. And then you have your lunch, you, at the end of the day you go, you take your shower, and then you do your yard time or whatever you're going to do, and then you go to dinner, and then you go back to your cell, and if you're lucky to have a TV, you watch TV, and then you go have dinner, and then you come back, go to sleep, and the next day, and then you have weekends off. But what's the difference? The mm. difference is, is out here you can make at least minimum wage, mm. and then there it's twenty cents an hour. You know, so and keep the structure. Yeah. So yeah. there's no, yeah. except what I don't understand is that they're you're told what to do there, mm. and at least if you have a job out here, you can work with the people, and they, you know, they give you a job to do. So that's why I don't understand how they could say that that they're programmed only to prison. Mm. You do have a life after prison. There is life after prison. And and I believe anybody could change it, you know. And you have to change your friends too, don't absolutely, you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, you have to change who you hang out with and change some of those behaviors that cause you to get on the inside in the first place. Absolutely, because if you're not strong enough, you know, it just ain't gonna work. You know? What what are some of those changes that you think uh, men and women need to make as they're re-entering society in order to be successful and not have to go back? Just have faith. And, and think about it. I mean, that was my first time in prison. I had done some county time. I did uh, an in-house arrest, but I just couldn't look back and say, well, I want to do this again. You know, I couldn't, I, I can't see how anybody could say that. And to realize it's funny that a lot of people in there would, would, when I, you'd ask them what they did and he says, Oh, that darn cop arrested me for this. The cop arrested you because you were doing something illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't arrest you because you were helping a little old lady across the street, <laughs> you know. So just remember, don't take it, don't take it as a learning process. Don't say, well, shoot, I messed up this time because I did this. Next time, no, there's no next time mm-hmm. because that next time will always bring you back. 
Mm-hmm. And it it's not like, you know, there's always somebody who's going to rat you out or something, you know. It's not worth it. Make a life out here. There's always, you just got to have faith, you know, and believe in yourself, you know. Believe in yourself that you could do it. If If you could go to church, go to church. Ask somebody who could help you, you know. I mean... Did, did your, uh, process of, of coming to know the Lord and, and obviously the Holy Spirit just had a tremendous effect upon you that, that day when, when you listened yes. to that, that message. What did that do as far as your view of yourself, your self-esteem? Did you see yourself a little bit differently after, uh, after God touched down in your life? Oh yes, I, I realized because when I was younger, I opened my first shop two weeks before I turned 18. And, I knew that I could do anything. I I was on my own since I was 14. I did that. And I knew that with hard work, I could do anything I wanted to. And then when I got involved in all the other stuff, well, that messed me up. But I think it just helped me now, you know, even more, you know. And And I believe that, you know, people could do that even coming out of prison. I did it, you know. I, and it's been great. Well, friends, again, I, I want to give you uh, Harvey Melgoza's uh, phone number and address. And if you're in the area, stop by and meet this man and and uh, just rejoice with him over the wonderful things that God does in our lives. Uh, again, he's at 316 East F Street in Oakdale, California. The number to contact him at is 209-848-0803. That's 209-848-0803. Harvey, thank you so much thank for you. being with us tonight as we continue to pray for you, and I know our listeners will hold you up in prayer as well. God bless you and your ministry. And for my mom, please. And for your mom also indeed thank you dear brother and thank you listeners for joining us and sharing a part of your day here with us on lighthouse live god bless you also